blessings to you all. I'm going to take some time. Uh, my name is Brother Scott Norris, and I'm going to take some time to go over uh, this week's Torah portion. I pleaded, Ve va ekhtanan, and that's uh, covering Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 23 through chapter 7, verse 11. Okay, so we're going to get ready. I'm going to read a few verses. Uh, from this Torah portion, and then expound on Adonai's word for you, okay? All right, so let's go ahead and begin in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 23. I'm going to read verses 23 through 25, and it reads, I pleaded with Adonai at that time, saying, O Lord Adonai, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand, for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do deeds and mighty acts like yours. Please let me come across, let me cross over and see the good land across the Jordan, that good hill country and the Lebanon. And then we'll read verses 26 through 28. But Adonai was angry with me because of you. So he would not listen to me. Enough, Adonai said to me. Do not speak to me any more about this matter. Go up to the top of, of Pisgah, look around to the west and to the north and the south and the east, and see with your eyes, for you will not cross over this Jordan, but commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, for he will cross over before his, this people, and he will enable them to inherit the land that you will see. So Moses... In this Torah portion, I pleaded, he begins to, um, first, first of all, he, he's admonishing Israel, encouraging them so that they don't fall into the same predicament as himself, being barred entrance into the promised land. Back in Numbers chapter 20, Moses was instructed by Adonai in response to the murmurings and complainings of Israel to speak to a rock so that water would supernaturally come forth and Yahweh would demonstrate once again to Israel that he is their provider. Moses, however, in anger, disobeys Yahweh by striking the rock with his rod. Water still comes forth supernaturally. Israel and their livestock are hydrated, but Yahweh is still displeased. Yah isn't merely satisfied with results, but with how we execute his will. The manner in which we complete his assignment is very important. Yahweh punishes Moses by barring him entrance into the promised land. He will only get, get a chance to see the land, but not enter it. Now, Moses, being the humble servant that he was, uses his own spiritual shortcomings as a lesson to admonish Israel to wholeheartedly adherence at um, adhering to God's or Adonai's instructions. In Deuteronomy chapter four, verses one and two of this Torah portion, I pleaded, it reads, Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. 
Moses exhorts Israelites who witnessed their parents and grandparents perish in the wilderness due to unbelief to observe Yahweh's commandments so that they might live and see their God-ordained destiny, which is possessing the promised land fulfilled. He further warns them against adding to Yah's word or taking away from Yah's word. They are admonished to keep, which in Hebrew is the word shemar. This word can mean to guard, hedge, and protect. In other words, they were to defend the truth, to guard the integrity of sound divine doctrine. They are to protect the essence and purity of Yahweh's holy instructions and commandments. In Philippians, Paul declared that a vital aspect of his apostolic calling involved defending the gospel. Philippians 1.17, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. Defense is the Greek word apologia. This is where we get the term apologetics from. Apostolic ministry is appointed for apologetics, defending the faith. The devil has people who spread lies against the gospel, people who present arguments to support that the Bible isn't true and in fact filled with errors as they claim. The goal of the enemy is to inspire doubt and unbelief in Adonai's word. Just as there were soldiers paid to lie and tell people that Yeshua's disciples stole his body and said that he was resurrected. Matthew 28 verses 12 through 15. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave large sums of money to the soldiers saying, Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. The word of God needs no embellishments to it. Rabbinical Judaism, even during the days of Yeshua, violated this commandment by adding to the word. Most rabbinical scholars conclude that in the Torah there are 613 commandments, but rabbinical Judaism has added thousands more. In Matthew Mark chapter 7 verses 1 through 9 it reads, Now the Pharisees and some of the Torah scholars who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Yeshua and they saw that some of his disciples were eating bread with unclean hands that is not washed. For the Pharisees and all the Jewish people did not do not eat unless they washed their hands up to the elbow, keeping the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they perform a ritual washing. There are many other traditions they have received and hold, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and copper vessels. The Pharisees and Torah scholars question Yeshua. Why don't your disciples walk according to the tradition of the elders? Why do they eat bread with unwashed hands? And he said to them, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Having left behind the commandment of God, you hold on to the tradition of men. He was also telling them, you set aside the commands of God in order that you may validate your own tradition. Many in our generation are also taking away from the word of God. 
Okay, so we have people who are adding to the word of God in our generation. I was just using that as an illustration. They add to God's commandments. They make his commandments. Um, they, 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 add, they, they add their own complicated, complicated man-made rules to, to what has already been divinely revealed and inspired to create their own doctrines. And people are also taking away from the word of God. People are turning their ears away from sound doctrine and seeking after teachers who feed them what their flesh wants to hear. These teachers dilute the holiness of God's word, refusing to preach it as the standard of God's righteousness and preach a non-convicting, feel-good message. Generations of teachers have preached a lawless gospel, declaring that the law is done away with. Yeshua said in Matthew 5, 17 through 19, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Fulfill is the Greek word plero, which means to execute and also means to fully preach. Paul uses the same Greek word in Romans 15 and 19 when he declares in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and around about to Illyricum, uh, Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So that word palero is used there. Fully preached or fulfilled is being used there as well. Adding to God's word or taking away from his word both ultimately lead to the perversion of God's word and will prevent us from walking in the promise of eternal life. He said, do these commandments and you shall live. He's not referring to simply a mere mortal experience on earth, but a life lived in co covenant partnership with the almighty Elohim. In John 12 verses 49 and 50, it reads, I have not spoken on my own, but, but the Father who has sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know that his commands lead to eternal life. So I speak exactly what the Father has told me to say. That word life in the Greek is the word Zoe. Zoe in Greek mythology is the goddess of life and would like her life to be like heaven, literally, ever since she got to Mount Olympus. This is according to Greek mythology. She's trying her best to make her life um, or an immortal one, or, uh, an immortal life, the best life that she can live. Zoe is life to the fullest or the God kind of life. It is used in the New Testament of life as a principle, life in the absolute sense, life as God has it, that which the Father has in himself and which he gave to the incarnate, our incarnate son to have in him, himself. Everlasting life doesn't begin after we die. It begins when we believe on Yeshua and follow his Father's commands. It's a life which transcends the weight of sin and darkness. It's the abundant life of God, 
which transcends a mere natural human experience. He promises that if we walk in his instructions, we will walk in the leadership, guidance, and presence of the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. That if we walk in his commandments, we will walk with him into the promise of the new Jerusalem. So as we uh, meditate on this, Moses pleading to enter into the promised land, let us hear closely the words of Adonai as he gives us instructions for us to reach our ultimate destination and inheritance in him, the new Jerusalem, and to be clothed with, with a glorified body so that when the Messiah returns, we have become just like him. Uh, but Shem Yeshua, in the name of Yeshua, may you be blessed and may the hearing of his word increase your faith and increase wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in your life. God bless you and shalom. Shalom.